Hello, welcome to In the Kitchen with Brett Thorne, a podcast by Restaurant Hospitality. I'm your host, Senior Food and Beverage Editor, Brett Thorne. For this episode, I spoke with Chris Kajioka, a Honolulu-based chef who recently reopened an old-school restaurant named Miro and found a new audience with the comfort food restaurant he opened called Papa Kurtz. In this interview, we talk about what he's learned during the pandemic and how he changed his role from making fine dining food to making a bunch of $12 bento boxes and how he's been inspired to give back to his community. And now, Chris Kajioka. How many restaurants have you opened during the pandemic? You've got the Miro that opened? I'm Miro. Yeah, Miro. I have a, a, a really nostalgic kind of burger and noodle spot uh, called Papa Kurtz. And I opened, uh, yeah, Maui. Maui uh, recently, um, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. What's, what's so, the property on Maui? It's the West End. The West End oh. Kanapali. Basically, it's a... It's a hotel, it's a resort, it's a restaurant within a hotel. So it's independent. We're independent from the hotel. Um, you know, we have an amazing team. Actually, my chef is from Nomad in New oh. York. So uh, great team. We have an amazing team uh, there. So, What's the name of that chef? Uh, his name is John Talby. Um, he, I mean, you know, one of those, I think he's at Nomad for five or six years. And then he, he left to open Nomad LA. Uh, so he's definitely one of the key players of that group. Great, great guy. Really great guy. So is it easier to open restaurants during a pandemic because, like, you don't have those annoying customers to get in your way? Or, or like, what's it like? You know, honestly, so Miro, I'll tell you, we're set to open mm-hmm. in late March. And this was, you know, in the work since the previous year previous year obviously so you know we really got we had you know probably a month full of bookings ready to go and we got shut down the week the week we're going to open the whole state shut down you know Mm -hmm. um which was a huge you know i I was i was pretty shell-shocked to be honest with you um you know we had our whole staff onboarded um so we needed to figure out quickly what are we going to do you know um because I also, I, I didn't, I did not um, apply, I couldn't apply for PPP because I would have to been open by, I think, early February to apply for that. So we, it was really a sticky situation for us. You know, we had a, a whole staff, we had a month full of bookings and basically had no relief, you know? So, you know, we, we pivoted really, we did whatever we could just to keep people paid um you know for our cooks wise our 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 front of the house went on unemployment uh but it was like four months of just trying to figure doing whatever it took just to pay pay the guys you know um so you know we last year we really opened only open for business for four months um and it was with you know heavy restrictions so you know, that restaurant really has not really even been realized yet, you know. Um, but it, it was definitely difficult. But I will say, you know, it's, it's in a neighborhood that is supported by locals. Um, it's a neighborhood that I grew up in. So, you know, the amount of support that we got, we were extremely busy when we were open, you know. So 
it, it was good for us. We didn't, you know, I, I do have a good following, you know, in Japan, but we didn't need it. You know, the locals, the locals filled the restaurant. So we're, I was extremely fortunate for that. So when, when did it open and what kind of restaurant is Miro? The Miro, a, a little backstory, this restaurant existed for 22 years under another chef. And it, it was one of those, you know, staples of the neighborhood. He was a Japanese, he was a chef from Japan who did kind of like a Japanese French prefix. And he had it for 23 years and, you know, he wanted to retire and move back to Japan. So what happened was he called me um, and I had only, I've eaten there a few times. He called me and just asked, you know, I, I want to retire, but I don't want to give it to anybody. So he asked, you know, can we meet? And I, and, you know, honestly, I, I, I wasn't looking to open a restaurant. I was, um, I was comfortable. And, um, you know, honestly, I saw the lease and I was like, oh my God, I, I just have to do it. It was, <laughs> it's one of those unicorn leases, you know? So, um, you know, and I've always wanted to open a restaurant where I grew up. So it's, it's a very personal project for me. We ended up opening for, for good in June. Um, we worked for two months and then we got shut, this got shut down again in August. So <laughs> it's, it's been a tough year for sure. And what neighborhood is that? What neighborhood? It's Kamaki. And that's, that's on Oahu? So, on Oahu. Yeah. Great, great restaurant. Um, you know, there's a bunch of great restaurants on, on near, near the restaurant. It's so basically what we do, we do a prefix menu. Um, we do six courses for $65. And it's, it's French, Japanese. It's, it's French. Well, it's, it's obviously French based, you know, I was trained French based, but it's kind of global, you know, uh, my partner is a chef from San Francisco, Murad Lalu. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I've trained in a Moroccan kitchen as well. So, uh, as well as my chef de cuisine there is from, uh, is from, um, the animal group in LA. Mm -hmm. um, so he's, you know, we're, we're kind of global, uh, but you know, we have a, a heavy, heavy influence on vegetables. Um, and uh, kind of, I guess the food is a little lighter not so, not so Frenchy uh, more, you know, what more in like the, the new Neo Bistro French where things are you know, a little lighter, a little bit more spontaneous, always changing. Uh, so it's a fun restaurant. Sounds fun. And yeah, and you went to the Culinary Institute of America, which is I did, yeah. basically French, but American French, you know, yeah. traditional French. Also type. trained with Thomas Keller for years. So I'm a pretty strong, you know, French based. Right. So what are some examples of some dishes that you guys have been doing at Miro? So right now, um, this menu, so the menu changes every month. Um, this menu, our first course is, it's like local avocados with, uh, you know, smoked seaweed, smoked local seaweed, uh, local citrus. And there's a, basically an almond milk infused with seaweed. Um, so that's, I mean, it maybe sounds a little weird, but it's very refreshing. Um, we try to always use local vegetables. Um, uh, our second course is we have local lettuce local it's almost like a little gem that we char uh we cover it with a like a corn vinaigrette uh smoked trout roe so it's it's things that are you know it's not super 
it's not rich. It's it's really light. We we use a lot of vinegar, a lot of lemon juice. We play with a lot of textures. Um, you know, and we use a lot of vegetables. I mean, there, there's not many places that can charge sixty five dollars for five for six courses. Um, it's kind of a steal, I think. Um, you know, we make our all our bread in house. So it, yeah, it's 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 kind of a new new French bistro. That's cool with Murad Lalo, who's Moroccan, yep. as a as a partner, yep. and you're also involved with Pichet Ong, is that right? Yeah, he's our corporate chef. So Pichet moved out here in November. Um, you know, I've known Pichet since you know I was a little line cook. Um, so you know, Pichet's on Maui. He's on our he's at our Maui restaurant right now, and uh, you know, it's 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 fun to have him around. He's he just comes with a wealth of knowledge, you know. Um, it's always fun to surround yourself. Yeah, you know, we, we've been, I'll tell you the secret to being expanding during this time is that I have a lot of amazing people. And that is really the only way that you can expand is that you, you know, at Miro, my chef de cuisine is, is, is one of the most talented people I've worked with. And, you know, he needs an outlet, right? And I think... It's either you lose people or you you have an outlet for them. So um, we're just in a position where we have a lot of great people. So I'm very fortunate. And what is that talented chef's name? His name is Trevor Webb. Trevor Webb. So we'll keep an eye out for him. For sure. You know Kismet? Have you heard of Kismet? Yeah. Yeah, so he was a chef cuisine at Kismet before he moved back here. I see. Yeah, so he was – he's been – he was my sous chef you know, years back, and he basically came home, and now he's with me again. And you said you met Pichet when he was a line cook. Where where was that? Were you a line cook, too? So we're, when I, w- I was a line cook at Per Se. Oh, and he was there, too? No, he wasn't there. We're both, you know, in, in the industry, you obviously have mutual friends, right? Right, so, right. Uh, yeah, I think I was much younger than, much younger then. But, but you met him. And now yeah. now you're the boss of him. Well, we're, 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 yes and no, right? I mean, <laughs> you're collaborators. Sounds, sounds, yeah, collab- there we go, collaborators. Uh, so you said uh, you were about to open Miro and then you couldn't open Miro because there was a global pandemic. And you said you did whatever you could to keep your cooks employed. So what, what did you do? So, um, you know, in Hawaii, there's, there's, you know, there's, a lot of play lunch places. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you know what a play lunch is? Yeah, entree, two scoops, rice, macaroni, salad. There we go. Um, yep. There's also a lot of old school, they call it okazuyas, where it's an old school Japanese place where there's, you know, 30 to 40 selections, like fried chicken, shoyu chicken, you know, uh, max out. So you just kind of build your own plate, basically. It's kind of like a meat and three, right? Mm hmm. I mean, it's rich. So basically what we did was we did a fancier version of, of a bento. So we would offer 13 selections, you know, 13 different little bites and we would sell it for 12 bucks. So, you know, people, people, you know, think when they think of my name, they think fine dining. Um, so we obviously did take a lot of care with those bentos, but what I didn't understand was we, we, the first week we sold a thousand. Yeah, it was it was just it was crazy, 
And, you know, it was, a lot of the food was based on comfort food, local comfort food. Mm -hmm. And I think people never saw me in that light. So, you know, and they also saw, you know, a $12 price point where you can get all this food. So, you know, it really opened us up to a wider audience, which, you know, obviously was a great thing. Uh, you know, people would come to the restaurant who probably would never dine at Miro, right? Um, so it was it really was a blessing. And we did it for... I think three months every week we would change the bento and you know these things would sell out within a day and a half a thousand for a thousand bentos it's crazy that's that's all maybe you should open one of those as a permanent thing so so basically that's what that's what spurred on papa kurt oh okay which is, yeah which is you know we do we do those we do a bento as well as we do like old school cheeseburgers and we call it Simon. Do you know what Simon is? Yeah, it's like ramen. It's a noodle dish. Yeah, it's it's Hawaii's Hawaii's version of so, you know, it's it's like a nod to old school like fountains that existed in Hawaii. Uh, you know, we do we do uh, teriyaki venison as well. So thin sliced venison marinated in teriyaki sauce, and we grill it over charcoal. It's a very old school Hawaii kind of dish too. Um, so that that place you know, was, came out of the pandemic because of the response to the bentos, really. And, and also spam. I always think spam when I think Hawaii or spam. Yeah, we do spam, spam with bees. Yeah. So you know, our burger is $6 and we use local beef. We use a local bun. So like, it's really for, really for everybody. It's extremely accessible. And, you know, that restaurant, when it opened, it was just, it's been, overwhelming overwhelmingly busy that's cool well i mean those are the places that tend to make money i mean fine dining it's hit or miss depends on how much they drink but if you sell people burgers and loco moco and fried chicken they're all over there we go there we go do you have a loco moco there too we don't but we're gonna work on it's, it's hard there's so many places that do a great one right you know so we do do like a we call it pipicala short ribs so we take, um, you know, short ribs that have the bone, but it's it's a cross cut. What we do is we uh, we marinate it for 24 hours, and we we kind of smoke it for, you know, 10 hours, and we we throw it in the fryer. So it's it's like this crispy, but marinated, kind of smoky, you know, kind of like it's not that chewy, but you know, you eat it off the bone and all the cartilage. It's, it's so good. Mm, that sounds good. And, and a loco moco is, is like uh, burger patties with brown gravy and a fried egg over rice, right? That's, that's the best, man. Mm. Now, yeah, now I want to eat. I want to eat all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, I was in Hawaii in Honolulu a long time ago, probably 10 or 12 yeah. years ago. And okay. the food was so good everywhere you went you went to some plate lunch place and they had like yep. a delicious philippine style adobo and yep. the sauce from yep. that got yep. into the mayonnaise and the macaroni salad yep. and it's just yeah it's just it's just yummy food and then you you, you obviously That's, it's a great fine dining city as well yeah it's it's become you know more eclectic but you know at the heart of it it's the mom and pop places that i always take people to um you know it's it's that's the food like Papa Kurtz, that's the food that is is for the locals, for the community. You know, that's the food that, you know, 
I grew up eating. Um, you know, we eat on our day off. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to a restaurant on my day off. I want to eat that kind of food. Right. So you have, during the pandemic, you've opened three restaurants. Is that right? You got you got Miro, yeah. which is going to open anyway, and you got yeah, Papa Kurtz. Papa Kurtz. Yeah. And then and the, then we have the Wailea one. The West End. Yeah. Exactly. And then one in Kanapali also. That's the one in Maui, Kanapali. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And uh, right, you were already the chef at at the Wailea yeah. property. So what I I know that you went to the CIA and you're a well-known yep. uh, Hawaiian chef, but how did you how did you get the the ball rolling uh, to become a big fine dining chef in Hawaii? You know, I I worked. I went to CIA, and then when I graduated from CIA, I moved to San Francisco, um, and I worked for, um, his name is Ron Siegel. And yeah, Ron, he was like Ron, the first winner of Iron Chef, who was Iron, Iron Chef. Chef exactly. Right? Yeah. So Ron, you know, Ron comes from, he opened the French Laundry with Thomas. He was their first employee. So, um, you know, I, I always wanted to work for Ron. Uh, when he was at Masa's in San Francisco, I had probably the meal of my life. Um, so when I graduated, I, I applied to the, which was then the dining room in the Ritz Carlton, really fancy four-star restaurant. So that's where I got my training. I worked there for three years under him and, you know, he's, he's by far my mentor. Um, and after that experience, Ron basically asked, where do you want to go? And I said, I want to go back to New York city. And he said, well, go work for Jonathan Benno. Um, he was a person at the time. Yeah. So Jonathan was an extern under Ron at the French Laundry. Oh. So, you know, I mean, basically, Ron just made a call to, to, to Thomas and said, you know, you got to be there in a, in a month. So um, I, went to back to, I went to back to New York City and I worked at Per Se for two years, um, which, you know, it's, it's obviously like a military style, um, right. extremely regimented. I mean, you, you know, it's, right. it's everything people say. But, you know, after that experience, to be honest with you, if you can survive it and thrive, you're pretty, you're pretty bulletproof, you know, like you just can take a lot, you know, um, it's not going to get harder than that. Um, so, you know, after that experience, I, I moved back to, um, San Francisco and that's when my career with Murad started. I worked at Aziza, Mm -hmm. uh, as a sous chef and, you know, during that experience, we just, we, we became, we hit it off and we're, I mean, he's my best friend, you know, um, I, I opened his newest restaurant, Murad, as a chef de cuisine. Um, and after that experience, I moved home and I was, a uh, I opened a restaurant, extremely fine dining restaurant in Honolulu called the Vintage Cave, um, where it was like $300 TC menus. And that's kind of where I built my name. Uh, nationally and in Hawaii and and why the Japanese people fell in love with you they like stuff like that yeah yeah so and it was by a Japanese owner so you know my window to Japan that's where it exploded you know so um yeah from there it's just I I gained um, pretty much my investor set uh for my career and you know I opened Senia uh five five and a half years ago now um, and, and that, you know, blew up, um, and, you know, I guess we're here today. 
Whoa, that's a lot. Um, so what have you have you learned useful or unuseful lessons during during the pandemic? Anything you'd like to forget? <laughs> you know, I like to forget most of last year. <laughs> yes, me too. But but uh, I I will say you know um, you know before I I always was considered a fine dining chef. You know, um, there's a lot of things that got put into perspective last year for me personally. Um, you know, I I realized that I need to affect my community. This is where I was born and raised, you know. Um, so you, you obviously have a lot of time to think, you know, much more time than normal. Um, so obviously I wanted to, going forward, I only wanted to open projects that I felt were beneficial to the community or projects that are in like, like things that have been around forever and like legacy projects where, you know, people have been going there, my parents been going there, you know, and I, and I revive it. So, um, also during the pandemic, I set up, a a big nonprofit and I pledged basically 10% of, of all my per personal profit to three nonprofits. Uh, but they're all Hawaii based nonprofits and they're, they're nonprofits that, uh, one of them is children's cancer because, uh, you know, my wife's, my wife's sister died of leukemia when she was 17, mm. uh, which is, you know, heartbreaking, obviously. Um, it's meals on wheels, uh, where they benefit the people, the old elderly who cannot drive and who cannot go get food anymore. And then, um, a new one, which is a, a woman, you know, there's, there's been a lot of sex trafficking in Hawaii recently. So it basically gives these women uh, a second chance and, a, and a, a transition. So those are three three things that I'm pretty passionate about that, you know, I feel like I've been giving a lot of great opportunity in Hawaii and I need to give back. I need to start giving back. Well, it seems like you've been giving back for a long time. You create great food and give jobs yeah. to people and all that. Um, but certainly, now you're giving back more. Yeah. I, mean, I think, you know, it's for a long time, you know, I was not necessarily so excited to be back in Hawaii, you know, because I lived in San Francisco and New York, two of the greatest cities, right? Uh, but, you know, I think my perspective changed. Um, and now I love, I love it here. You know, I love, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. So with that, you know, I think it comes a responsibility that I have that, you know, I, I'm obviously in the public eye and uh, I, I, I have, you know, successful places that I think you need to give back. You know, there's a lot of less fortunate people here. Well, Chris Kajioka, it was such a pleasure talking to you, getting to know you. Thank you. Absolutely. Hanging, hanging out with you for a little while. And now I'm going to add uh, Hawaii to the list of 10 million places I want to get back to when I'm, <laughs> when I'm finally allowed back outside. Well, uh, if you're hungry, Hawaii should be at the top of your list. That's that's definitely true. I'll get me a <laughs> plate lunch and some loco moco and some spam musubi <laughs> and sign in, et cetera. I'll be all set. Well, th thanks again, and uh, I hope to see yep. you in real life soon. <laughs>